when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. I'm your host, Sari Delamont. I'm glad to be with you again. We have been looking at the limiting beliefs that are popping up over and over in my work with clients. And today we're going to be looking at limiting belief number four, which is you believe that jurors are the enemy. Before I do that and go into that, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners who emailed me today to let me know how much he enjoys the podcast. June Hong said, I just wanted to reach out and give you praise and let you know how much I love your work. I'm always checking to see if there's a new episode on your podcast. You just have a way of presenting things in a way that makes it so easy to understand. I guess that's why you're a communications expert. I also got the opening and voir dire videos and handouts from your website. It really does make it so much easier to figure out what to ask during voir dire and what to say in opening. I just wanted to share my experiences with you and tell you to keep up the great work. I really appreciate all that you do. Well, thanks, June. I appreciate you and I appreciate all of you who are listening. And if you want to send me an email or uh, go to iTunes and leave us a review, you can email me at sorry at sorrydlm.com. I love to hear from my listeners or go to iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. I really appreciate that. So I'm glad that this is hitting you where it needs to. And today's episode, I think, is really going to bring it home. Um, we're not done with limiting beliefs, but this is such a huge one. And I've been thinking about this one in quite a bit because this one, I think, is really huge in terms of really knocking you off your game. And again, that limiting belief is that you believe, and by you, I mean most trial attorneys that I come across, that jurors are the enemy. Now, in several podcasts, I think podcast number eight, I went into detail about why it's such a problem to hold this view and why you should stop looking for your bad jurors and instead look for your good jurors. And in a Facebook Live a couple of episodes ago, which we, of course, upload to this podcast, and so you can hear that if you're not on Facebook, I also talked about the idea of not looking for your bad apples, so to speak. So I don't want to go into great depth in today's episode about the result of the thoughts of thinking that jurors are the enemy, meaning, you know, I've, I've done this, if you've been following me for quite a bit, I've, I've talked about this quite a bit, I should say, about this idea that if you believe that the jurors are your enemy, you will communicate it and that you stand in front of this group of people and you say to them, hey, I hope you trust and believe in me. I'm here to lead you out of this mess. But all the while you are actually training your gun on the actual hostages and thinking who here is out to get me. And that is a problem for a couple of reasons. And I'll talk about them for a little bit here before I go into what I really want to talk about in today's podcast. In that First of all, there's this thing called the rule of expectations. And so the rule of expectations basically says that people will respond to you the way in which you 
communicate to them. So if you communicate an angry message, they will respond with anger, so on and so forth. You know, I see this all the time in my own work. I'll be in a seminar and I'll say, everyone stand and introduce yourself to your neighbor. And then I'll ask the group, okay, how many of you used your first and your last name? And about half of the, gr- the room at most seminars will raise their hand. And I, and I ask them, how did your neighbor respond? And they'll say, also with first and last name. And then the other half of the room, I'll ask them, how did their neighbor respond when they themselves only used the first name? And they said, only first name. That's my point you set the tone, you get to decide how your message is intended and you have a real uh, influence on how that message is received and then therefore responded to. So thinking that the juror is your enemy and focusing all your venom on them really sets the tone in trial that This is an adversarial process, which we know that it is, but you are focusing on the wrong adversary and the jurors are going to pick up on that and they're going to feel that. You know, I've talked a lot about this idea of creating this tribe and really going in and focusing on who you want. That doesn't mean that you're going to ignore the jurors that are bad for your case or be a Pollyanna and hope that you just can, you know, put your hands over your eyes and your ears and just go blah, 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 and just not pay attention to that. That's not what I'm suggesting. I, you know, if you've worked with me or you followed me for a while, that my method of finding the good juror will also find the bad juror. We're not going to close our eyes to the bad juror. We're going to find where they are as well and, and deal with them in an appropriate way. But the whole point is about setting the tone That's what we're talking about. And in today's podcast, I even want to go deeper than that. Because like I said, you can go into what my thoughts are on this idea of focusing on the juror as an enemy and how that's going to affect how they're viewing you uh, in podcast eight and some previous Facebook lives. But instead of focusing on the result that you get, when you focus on juror as enemy, Today, I want to talk about how focusing on the juror as enemy, how that affects you personally. You know, I'm also trained as a coach. I mean, that's why it's Sari Delamont, coach and consultant. And there's also a tie in there to the attorney whisperer in that I don't just help you, you being my clients, my podcast listeners, create a great opening, all right, or decide what to ask jurors and voir dire. Of course, that is part of what I do. But a huge part, an even bigger part of what I do is helping you get out of your own way. That's the coach part of what I do. Because I firmly believe that you cannot put aside who you are and how you show up and the things that you're thinking and get in front of these jurors and put on a completely different show for them and still win. I I just don't believe that it's possible. I think that if you really want to increase your performance in court and in life, you have to start from the inside out. You have to get out of your own way. Communication is the tip of the iceberg. It's like the one thing that's showing above the ocean floor, or I mean above the ocean water, right? It's the thing you can see, but down beneath is everything that's contributing to that, that tip of the iceberg. Communication is like the icing on the cake. And it's not until we go back and we look at why you're communicating the way you are in the first place that we can get real 
results. And so why we're going through these limiting beliefs, and as you've noticed, they're not giving you step-by-step instructions on how to create your voir dire or your opening, uh, which is what I do, uh, again, with a lot of my clients, it's really helping you change your mindset because that's where all of this starts. You know, the podcast started with changing your mindset about jurors and understanding how they are not your enemy. They're actually hostages by going through that scarf model. And here's what I really want you to, to, to think about or really what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to drop the idea that jurors are your enemy so that you can stop worrying, so that you can stop worrying. Because I really believe that a huge part of what is getting in your way is this fear and worry, which I believe is unfounded about the jurors. And if we can remove this obstacle for you, I'm telling you what is on the other side is so huge and so impactful. You have no idea what you can unleash on the world. If you would simply let go of this idea that all jurors are out to get you and kill your case. Listen, I get it. Jurors are the easy target. When we lose, it's easy to point a finger at them and say it's because of them. It's one, another way, like we've been talking about in these limiting beliefs, it's just one other way to distract yourself, what's really happening, what really happened in trial, to really look at what you did, how you showed up, what evidence was there, how facts were presented, so on and so forth. It's so much easier to just take a finger and point it at the jurors and blame them for how this went down. And you know what? It's a cop-out. Not only is it a cop-out, I'm suggesting that you can drop this worry from all the things that you you have to worry about. I mean, don't you already have enough to worry about than worrying about whether the jurors are out to kill your case or not? And, and I think as I'm talking about this, that many of you might have thought or are thinking that this just isn't possible. I mean, not worry about the jurors. What are you actually saying? Sorry. Well, here's what I'm saying. And I started saying this in the last podcast in terms of your stories and believing in your stories is that you can choose your thoughts. You get to decide how you think about anything in your life. And what I'm suggesting that you do here is stop believing or buying into the idea that jurors are the enemy. Because as we talked about in the last podcast, your thoughts have consequences. You know, there's a great book that I highly recommend you all get. It's called The Power of Consistency. It's written by a sales guy. In fact, it's written by a former felon. And that's what's so great about the book is about how he changed his entire mindset to become one of the most, um, uh, what's the word, successful companies back in 2009. They were like on fortune. You know, he went from being a felon to starting his own air conditioning company and making like 60 million in sales or something like that. It was just crazy. So he tells a story in, in the book about how two teenage girls were involved in a horrific car crash and both girls were disfigured and one of the girls died and one was in critical condition. And so, um, after the family had had the funeral for the one girl and the other families in the, in the hospital room with the, the girl that's in critical condition, the hospital realizes that they had made a 
terrible mistake and that they had reversed the identities of the two girls, meaning that the girl that had been buried um, was the one that the family in the hospital room thought was in critical condition and vice versa. Now, I want to ask you something, and I want you to think about this. Do you think that the fact that they had mixed up the, the, the girls' identities changed how the families felt? I mean, it was a fact that the family who was having the funeral were not actually burying their daughter. Do you think that changed how they felt? No, of course not. But because they thought they were burying their daughter, they felt horrible, even though the truth was that wasn't their daughter. And this is what I'm saying to you. It doesn't matter what the actual fact is. It's a what you think about that fact that affects how you feel. And as we talked about last time, how you feel affects what actions you take and what actions you take determine your result. So when I'm talking about this idea of juror's enemy and dropping this belief out of your worldview, I'm not talking about something that would be nice to do. I'm not talking about something that I think you, you could consider. I'm suggesting that this is huge, that if you don't drop the idea that the juror is your enemy, that this will ultimately destroy you and your success in court. Because this type of thinking leads to worry, which leads you to do all sorts of stupid shit. I mean, it just does. I, when I'm thinking about this, I mean, think about juror as enemy. When I think of an enemy, I think of weapons, right? So think of all the weapons that you bring into trial in an attempt to take down your enemy. So you have peremptory challenges, right? And all the ways that you do that. And that's one way you're going to take them out. But then in case they get on there, you have other weapons in your arsenal. You have, you know, manipulation. You have let's use some positive words, influence, you have persuasion, you have charisma, you have all these weapons in your, just think about this. I can keep adding on to this and they just start to weigh you down and weigh you down and weigh you down. Now consider for a moment, letting go of the idea that jurors are enemies, that they are, that they are your enemy. You can just let all of those weapons go. You can just drop it. You can drop the need for manipulation. You could, sure, you can still have your peremptory challenges there, you know, your little box of grenades. When you need to use them, you need to use them. But you can drop manipulation. You can drop trying to persuade anyone. You can drop trying to influence someone. You can drop the need for quote unquote charisma. And you're, you might be listening to me and go, oh my God, sorry, what the hell are you talking about? You are a communications expert. Listen, that's exactly what I am, is a communications expert, because those are the things that you can do. And I'm going to talk about what you can do in just a minute. What I'm seeing all of you do is load up yourself with all of these weapons, all of these things that you don't need, because you have this belief that the jurors are there to destroy you. And if you just change that belief then you let go of the need for all the things you think you need in order to get them over on your side. Listen, jurors are hostages. What they need, first and foremost, is choice. That's what they need. 
they need to be told that they have a choice. Their first choice is whether they want to be present. Their second choice is whether they want to be uh, participating. Their third choice is whether they want to actually take, um, well, what is their third choice? <laughs> I've got to think through my book now. Um, the third choice is to, well, to decide for your team. And the fourth choice is take action on that choice. I could be wrong about that. I have to go back on that third choice. But the point is, is that they need choice and they need leadership. Once they choose to engage with you and the content and your client, then they need some leadership. They need some information. They need to know how to do their jobs. What they don't need is persuasion, influence, charisma, all the things you think that they need because you're actually scared of them and you think that they're out to get you so that you need all this fancy bullshit to get them on your side. You don't, you don't, you don't. Now, so many times when I, I meet a um, attorney who who's buying what I'm saying, which many of you do, they, they say, you know, I so agree with you, sorry. And what I do as I stand in front of the jury and I just share with them that I'm scared of them. Ugh, don't do that either. <laughs> don't stand in front of the jury and say, you know what? I'm scared that you're going to kill my case. And so I just want to say that out loud. You know, can you help me with that? Can you tell me? Here's why. First of all, that's just no matter how you mean it. And I know some of you mean it very honestly and earnestly. It still comes off like manipulation. Look, the jurors are just waiting for you to attempt to manipulate them. So just don't go there. But second, when we're talking about this in terms of leadership, this is the last thing you want to do is communicate to your jurors that you're scared. There's a time and a place for everything. Let me put it to this to you this way. Have you ever gotten on an airplane to fly somewhere? I'm assuming most of you have that experience. What would it feel like when you got on the airplane and got strapped in your seat and, you know, put your, your seatbelt on and everyone, they shut the, the doors are about to take off. And the pilot comes on, he says, oh, thanks so much for flying with us today. I'm so glad you're here. I just wanted to share with you. This is my first time flying. I'm really frightened. I hope it goes okay. <laughs> How much confidence would you have in that pilot right there in that moment? Uh, none. I think a lot of you would be asking to get off that damn plane. I know I would. And yet we all know that there's a first time for every single pilot, right? There has to be. There's always a first time for every pilot that is flying a commercial jet in the sky today. But they don't tell us it's their first time, right? So same thing here. We don't want to tell the jurors that we're scared. And because here's here's the point. Because you're like, well, sorry. Well, isn't that isn't that being dishonest? No, not if you fucking stop being scared. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you lie to the jurors. I'm saying let go of this fear that is getting in your way that they're the enemy. You don't actually need to be scared if you actually let go of the belief that they are there to kill your case. That's my point. That's my point. We don't want to do that. We don't want to communicate to the jurors that we're scared. And the way that we avoid communicating that is to actually not be scared of them. You have this incredible opportunity I'm sorry I'm getting so preachy, except that I'm not, but you know, I had to say it. Uh, you have this incredible opportunity to take this group of hostages that they themselves are scared for a variety of reasons. Go back and listen to the first five podcasts, five, six podcasts, and you'll know why the jurors are scared. You have this incredible opportunity to take them in hand and be like, I got this. I got you. But you can't do that when you yourself view them as the enemy. Drop your weapons. Drop this belief. Free yourself 
That's the whole point of this podcast. Free yourself from this thinking, these limiting beliefs that are getting in your way. Here's what you can do instead. And this is what pretty much all my work revolves around. In fact, the only reason why I ever got into helping you communicate uh, your or put together your opening and figure out your voir dire and closing and all that kind of stuff is because you asked me to, <laughs> quite frankly. And quite frankly, a lot of the, co- the co- content out there was, was bad. So I'm, I'm happy to help in that area. But my main focus of all of my work is these next things I'm going to talk to you about. One is to show up as an authentic human being. Stop with trying all the gimmicks and stop with loading yourself up with these weapons and armor to protect yourself from getting shot and go in there and be the best version of yourself possible. That's what wins jurors. That and only that. Well, not only that. You have to have good facts, clearly communicated. But I'm talking about this mental stuff now. That's what does. And that's why people work with me one-on-one. Not only are they working on their communication because you know what? You can't come out and work with me just on your communication. Your communication is always tied to your mindset and what's going on inside. We communicate who we are. So when you hire me to help you with your communication, what you're actually hiring me to do is to help you with your mindset and to help you with your thoughts and to help you reframe how you're viewing this whole process so that you can become a high-performing trial attorney. That's what you're hiring me to do. And what I do is help you find out who you really are and how to communicate that so that jurors can trust and believe in you. So that's what you can do. You can start by showing up as who you really are. How do you know who you really are? Well, when something feels wrong, stop that shit. Now, there's a difference, of course, between trying something new and, and, and attempting a new technique or trying something you just learned and it not feeling comfortable. Listen, there's a difference between inauthentic and uncomfortable. So don't get those two things confused. But you know when you're doing stuff that's just not right. It's just not you. And you, you feel like you have to do it because, again, everything can get traced back to this whole idea that jurors are the enemy. That's what I'm asking you to stop. You can, second, work on your communication skills. Absolutely. It's not about getting out there and trying to persuade or influence or manipulate. It's all about authentic, authentically communicating and that whole clear communication piece. So yes, learn more about how to phrase things, what strategies to use, what communication to use. Come out and work with me non-verbally on how to do that piece. That's the piece that you can start working on. You can get your shit together. Okay, listen, trial work is personal work. It is simply not an option for you to think that you can be an excellent trial attorney when your life is absolutely falling to pieces around you. If you've got a drinking problem, if your marriage is on the rocks, if you never see your kids, if you never exercise and eat like shit, that's where you need to focus your energy, my peeps. It's not on attending one more CLE because all of that, what I just communicated, is going to translate into the courtroom. Whether you like it or not, it is going to translate into the courtroom. And that is where you got to start. If your life is fucking falling apart, then get your shit together. That's what's going to get you to show up as a high performer in court and move these people to want to help you and your client. It starts and ends with you. And finally, get happy. 
I mean, once you show up authentically, deal with the stuff in your life, you know, work on your communication skills, find the joy again in this work and in this life. So many of you are so unhappy. And a big part of my job is to help you get rid of these limiting beliefs so that you can find your joy and your happiness again. Because again, that's going to translate into court. So if you're looking at, "Ah, I should probably go to this CLE in June, or maybe I should take my kids to Disneyland. Take your kids to Disneyland. Jesus, put your energy where it matters. I'm not saying that you shouldn't learn. I'm the biggest junkie for learning. I read everything you guys are reading. I attend as much as I can attend. I love this stuff. Don't get me wrong. But when you have a choice between, you know, putting your life together and continuing your happiness and finding your joy versus reading another book or going to CLE, I'm going to tell you as your coach every time to go for the joy and happiness because that's going to translate. And you know I'm as hard as nails. I'm not any Pollyanna. I mean, I've been preaching at you now for 25 minutes. So this isn't a, isn't something where I'm just like, go and be happy. I absolutely firmly 100% believe that who you are outside of court determines your success inside court. And that, my friends, is what we're going to be talking about in a lot of the upcoming podcasts. Let go of the idea that the juror is your enemy. They aren't. They aren't your enemy. And when you drop that, you can drop your weapons and finally set yourself free. And we'll look at a a couple of, um, well, maybe two more limiting beliefs before we move on in the next couple of podcasts. Until then, know that even though I preach at you, even though I cuss at you, I've got your back. You are not alone. And I'm here for you. So again, please go and join our From Hostage to Hero Facebook group if you haven't done so. I know a lot of attorneys have created Facebook profiles just to be a part of that group. It's growing every day. From Hostage to Hero on Facebook. Um, if you can't find it, sometimes I put that in there and some weird band name comes up. Just you know, shoot us an email, info at sorrydlm.com, and we'll get you the link. Um, or if you're not on our, our um, email list, it's always in the Monday Digest there where we send you the blog and the podcast recap. It's There's always a way to join from that as well. And again, if you're not on that list, go to sorrydlm.com and add yourself. All right, guys, until we meet again, take care of yourself. I'm uh, so happy to be with you and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.